you expected that when you moved from Middle America to Yash, Romania, your lifestyle might become more modest. And you were right. But it wasn't just you that had to go without. You were living there with your wife and five young children. But during a year when there was a lot you could not find, the one inexhaustible resource was joy. You never stopped having fun. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of Exchange Stories. My oldest was nine, and when we came over, people wanted only to eat name brand cereals. You know, I mean, I could not buy Kroger Honey Nut Cheerios. I had to buy General Mills Honey Nut Cheerios. They were picky. Well, after a short while in Romania in 1994, where there wasn't a lot to choose from, I would bring home a box of Iranian cornflakes labeled Taste of the West. My children would squeal with excitement, and they'd say, quick, get the powdered milk. Let's make some powdered milk and have cornflakes right now. This week, the joy of Iranian cornflakes, getting vaccinated for the plague, and Coca-Cola for the masses. Join us on a journey from Detroit, Michigan, to Yash, Romania, to discover that less truly is more. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. I went with my father and my family to Peru in 1959. 1959 Peru was a very, very different place than Detroit, which is where I came from. We had to get, we sort of got a clue in on how different it was when we had to get uh, plague vaccinations before going down. When we went by train through the Andes and we saw piles and piles of coffins from the smallpox epidemic. So, very, very different experience. My name is Stephen Geis. I'm currently the uh, Chief of Policy and Evaluation for the Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs. Fast forward a few years. In 1994, I was an academic. I was a professor of linguistics at the University of Memphis. And I went on a Fulbright myself and took my family with me to Yash, Romania. I was a senior Fulbright lecturer teaching linguistics and English as a second language methodology in Alexander Young Cusa University in Yash, Romania. In 1994, Romania was rough. You know, you go into a grocery store in the United States and you see like 85 types of cereal. And uh, if you go to another culture where there's no, there's nothing, and then you see one type of cereal, you do sort of 
it does have an effect where you go, why are people in, in my home freaking out about whether they got a particular brand of tennis shoes or whether they have this shirt versus that shirt? You know, they have a shirt. <laughs> they have a choice of shirts. They should really be happy. We had gotten to Yash, the city where we were staying, and we'd already, maybe we'd been there about five weeks, maybe six weeks, and we were trying to, well, I should say we were shopping for pillows, but we weren't really shopping for pillows because there was no place to buy pillows. There was, you know, there was a store that sold flower pots and fabric, and it sometimes had orange juice. So if you went by that store and you saw the orange juice, there was orange juice, but otherwise there wasn't orange juice. So we had been looking for the whole time for pillows because I had like I say, five children there, and we had zero pillows. And the kids were getting tired of sleeping on, you know, rolled up blankets or something or other. So we were walking out in the city, and I found a store had pillows in the window. And again, the, it, it's funny to talk about it in an American context, but over there, everybody knows. You have a bag with you, and you, you're on the lookout for whatever you're going to buy. Every pillow in the store I bought. They had six pillows. I bought six pillows. They only had six pillows. I bought all six. And so I've got these six enormous pillows, and we're still kind of walking in the city. And so I say, okay, I'm going to catch a cab back to the apartment and I'll take the pillows back and then I'll come back to where you guys are. Um, so I get a cab and I ride, well, it's a few blocks. It's, you know, this is pennies. I'm paying pennies for the cab, but I ride, I take the cab back to the apartment and I'm going to get out of the, the cab. And the guy says, do you want me to wait for you? And I go like, what, you're trying to rip me off? You're going to sit here and I'm going to pay you to sit here and wait for me? No, <laughs> give me a break. And I walk up to the apartment and I then I think to myself, then my American brain clicks in and I go, oh, the cab would have waited for me. And, you know, it's probably costing 20 cents to have him wait. <laughs> but I had switched over to the Romanian economy. So the notion of what? What kind of thief are you going to make me wait? You're going to wait for me. Yeah, 20 cents. What? You know, hiking up to the monastery on the town, on the hill above the town. Um, you know, you would not have, I mean, Maybe some people in America would. I think I would have at the time not thought of, let's go for a hike as a family. But we started going, we started walking everywhere. We didn't have a car, so we walked everywhere. And so hiking up, but with a large group of people up there picnicking and enjoying the the mountaintop and the, the orchards around the monastery. Uh, that was a very Romanian kind of thing to do that uh, I think we've, we've incorporated it's become part of who we are 
who would come over, Romanian folks would come over and they would, uh, you know, we'd make a sandwich and they'd, you know, they would make a sandwich and they would use about three inches of jelly on the sandwich. And, uh, and you know, you'd go through a whole jar of jelly with, with their kids having sandwiches or whatever, and you would go like, what the heck? And they'd say, oh, well, we, you know, we don't have jelly. But it showed me something about the kind of society, and I think it's changed, but at that point and through the Ceausescu years, people sort of had, you had nothing or you had something present. So if you had something present, you had to eat it quickly and you had to eat all of it that you could because you weren't going to see jelly again. I mean, there was a schedule for water when I was there and a schedule for hot water. We had, uh, officially we had hot water on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., but in fact, it was gone by 7.15. It was interesting when we were there because we would see a real discovery process of how to walk in democracy, how to walk things out. In 91, there was just nothing uh, when I was there in May of 91. So I told my kids, there will be no Coca-Cola. There will be no candy bars. There's nothing, you know, you can't find anything. And then we got there and there was Coca-Cola all over the place and there was candy bars all over the place. But it was, it was really positive because what it was was nascent entrepreneurism where people people couldn't you know if you'd had expensive things people couldn't have bought it but people were finding the money to get a you know a 15 cent coke uh, and so just normal people could start selling cokes or could start selling mars bars or could start selling ice cream and so for the first time, normal people without connections in, in Romanian, it's Pile. And they used to joke that the, the Communist Party of Romania was Pecere, Partidul Comunist Roman. Um, and in Romania, they joked that it stood for connections, family, and relations. So everything had been done through this corrupt system where everybody, you know, you knew somebody who got this, who gained the deal for you, and therefore you could do that, and you paid the bribe to that guy so you could do that. But now you had people selling Cokes and people selling Mars bars, and common, ordinary people were actually making a living and were doing something. And that was very cool to see. 
and being there kind of on the ground floor of that was uh, was exciting. We didn't have internet, we didn't have a phone, we didn't have a car, but we had a blast. We walked everywhere, I read to the kids every night. The kids loved it. They had the best time in the world. I remember one time I was coming home and I walked like three miles and I had bags full of vegetables and stuff. And then I came to our apartment where we had the shaft, but we didn't have an elevator in the shaft. We just had an open shaft. And I was walking up six flights to our apartment. And I was, you know, a part of me was going like, this is a pain. You know, here I'm walking all this distance. Here I'm walking up these stairs and I've got all these heavy groceries. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, I know a lot of people who pay for a health club membership and they're on a stair climber where they're going absolutely nowhere and they're lifting little weights that mean nothing. Well, I have real potatoes and real cabbage for my family and I'm on real stairs going upstairs. So look at that. It's a health club only for free. is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. This episode, Stephen Geis shared his experiences as a Fulbright Scholar. For more about ECA exchanges, including Fulbright programs, check out eca.state.gov. You can also write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. And you can find 2233 wherever you get your podcasts. And when you find it, subscribe. Special thanks this week to Stephen for his recollections of Romania. I did the interview and edited this episode. Featured music during this segment was El Huerto de Mi Amada by Oscar Aviles, with a handful of traditional Romanian gypsy music thrown in for good measure. 
Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagirlius. Until next time.